Section 25 of The Second Jungle Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Matthew J. Almeida, MJADesignsOnline.com. The Second Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. Section 25. The Spring Running, Part 2. He stepped out to the shivering ground on the edge of the marsh, well knowing that Misa would never charge over it, and laughed as he ran to think of the bull's anger. My strength is not altogether gone, he said. It may be that the poison is not to the bone. There is a star sitting low yonder. He looked at it between his half-shut hands. By the bull that bought me, it is the red flower, the red flower that I lay beside before, before I came even to the first sea any pack. Now that I have seen, I will finish the running. The marsh ended in a broad plain where a light twinkled. It was a long time since Mowgli had concerned himself with the doings of men, but this night the glimmer of the red flower drew him forward. I will look, said he, as I did in the old days, and I will see how far the man-pack has changed. Forgetting that he was no longer in his own jungle, where he could do what he pleased, he trod carelessly through the dew-loaded grasses till he came to the hut where the light stood. Three or four yelping dogs gave tongue, for he was on the outskirts of the village. Oh, said Mowgli, sitting down noiselessly, after sending back a deep wolf growl that silenced the curs. What comes will come. Mowgli, what hast thou to do any more with the lairs of the man-pack? He rubbed his mouth, remembering where a stone had struck it years ago when the other man-pack had cast him out. The door of the hut opened, and a woman stood, peering out into the darkness. A child cried, and the woman said over her shoulder, Sleep. It was but a jackal that waked the dogs. In a little time, morning comes. Mowgli in the grass began to shake, as though he had fever. He knew that voice well, but to make sure he cried softly, surprised to find how man's talk came back. Masua, Oh, Masua, Who calls? said the woman, a quiver in her voice. Hast thou forgotten? said Mowgli. His throat was dry as he spoke. If it be thou, what name did I give thee? Say... She had half shut the door, and her hand was clutching at her breast. Nathu! Oe, Nathu! said Mowgli, for, as you remember, that was the name Masua gave him when he first came to the man-pack. Come, my son, she called. And Mowgli stepped into the light, and looked full at Masua, the woman who had been good to him, and whose life he had saved from the man-pack so long before. She was older, and her hair was gray, but her eyes and her voice had not changed. Woman-like, she expected to find Mowgli where she had left him, and her eyes traveled upward in a puzzled way from his chest to his head that touched the top of the door. My son, she stammered, and then, sinking to his feet, but it is no longer my son. It is a godling of the woods. I, as he stood in the red light of the oil lamp, strong, tall, and beautiful, his long back hair sweeping over his shoulders, the knife swinging at his neck, and his head crowned with a wreath of white jasmine, he might easily have been mistaken for some wild god of a jungle legend. The child, half asleep on a cot, sprang up and shrieked aloud with terror. Masua turned to soothe him, while Mowgli stood still, looking in at the water jars and the cooking pots, the grain bin, and all the other human belongings that he found himself remembering so well. What wilt thou eat or drink? Masua murmured. This is all thine. We owe our lives to thee. But art thou him I called Nathu, or a godling, indeed? I am Thu, said Mowgli. I am very far from my own place. I saw this light and came hither. 
I did not know thou wast here. After we came to Kanawara, Masua said timidly, the English would have helped us against those villagers that sought to burn us. Rememberst thou? Indeed, I have not forgotten. But when the English law was made ready, we went to the village of those evil people, and it was no more to be found. That also I remember, said Mowgli, with a quiver of his nostril. My man, therefore, took service in the fields, and at last, for indeed he was a strong man, we held a little land here. It is not so rich as the old village, but we do not need much, we too. Where is he, the man that dug in the dirt when he was afraid on that night? He is dead, a year. And he? Mowgli pointed to the child. My son that was born two rains ago. If thou art a godling, give him the favor of the jungle, that he may be safe among thy, thy people, as we were safe on that night. She lifted up the child, who, forgetting his fright, reached out to play with the knife that hung on Mowgli's chest, and Mowgli put the little fingers aside, very carefully. And if thou art Nathu, whom the tiger carried away, Masul went on, choking, he is then thy younger brother. Give him an elder brother's blessing. Hi, my! What do I know of the thing called a blessing? I am neither a godling nor his brother, and, oh, mother, mother, my heart is heavy in me. He shivered as he set down the child. Like enough, said Masua, bustling among the cooking pots, this comes of running about the marshes by night. Beyond question the fever had soaked thee to the marrow. Mowgli smiled a little at the idea of anything in the jungle hurting him. I will make a fire, and thou shalt drink warm milk. Put away the jasmine wreath. The smell is heavy in so small a place. Mowgli sat down, muttering with his face in his hands. All manner of strange feelings that he had never felt before were running over him, exactly as though he had been poisoned, and he felt dizzy and a little sick. He drank the warm milk in long gulps, Masua patting him on the shoulder from time to time, not quite sure whether he were son Nathu of the long-ago days or some wonderful jungle being, but glad to feel that he was at least flesh and blood. Son, she said at last, her eyes were full of pride, have any told thee thou art beautiful beyond all men? Ha? Huh? said Mowgli, for naturally he had never heard anything of the kind. Masua laughed softly and happily. The look in his face was enough for her. I am the first, then. It is right, though it comes seldom, that a mother should tell her son these good things. Thou art very beautiful. Never have I looked upon such a man. Mowgli twisted his head and tried to see over his hard shoulder, and Masua laughed again so long that Mowgli, not knowing why, was forced to laugh with her, and the child ran from one to the other, laughing too. Nay, thou must not mock thy brother, said Masua, catching him to her breast. When thou art one half as fair, we will marry thee to the youngest daughter of a king, and thou shalt ride great elephants. Mowgli could not understand one word in three of the talk here. The warm milk was taking effect on him after his long run, so he curled up and in a minute was deep asleep, and Masua put the hair back from his eyes, threw a cloth over him, and was happy. Jungle fashion, he slept out the rest of that night and all the next day, for his instincts, which never wholly slept, warned him there was nothing to fear. He waked at last with a bound that shook the hut, for the cloth over his face made him dream of traps, and there he stood, his hand on his knife, the sleep all heavy in his rolling eyes, ready for any fight. Masua laughed and set the evening meal before him. There were only a few coarse cakes baked over the smoky fire, some rice, and a lump of sour preserved tamarinds. 
just enough to go on with till he could get to his evening kill. The smell of the dew in the marshes made him hungry and restless. He wanted to finish his spring running, but the child insisted on sitting in his arms, and Masua would have it that his long, blue-black hair must be combed out. So she sang, as she combed, foolish little baby songs, now calling Mowgli her son, and now begging him to give some of his jungle power to the child. The hut door was closed, but Mowgli heard a sound he knew well, and saw Masua's jaw drop with horror as a great gray paw came under the bottom of the door, and Gray Brother outside whined a muffled and penitent whine of anxiety and fear. Out and wait! Ye would not come when I called, said Mowgli, in jungle talk, without turning his head, and the great gray paw disappeared. Do not, do not bring thy, thy servants with thee, said Masua. I, we have always lived at peace with the jungle. It is peace, said Mowgli, rising. Think of that night on the road to Kanawara. There were scores of such folk before thee and behind thee. But I see that even in springtime the jungle people do not always forget. Mother, I go. Masua drew aside humbly. He was indeed a wood-dock god, she thought. But as his hand was on the door, the mother in her made her throw her arms round Mowgli's neck again and again. Come back, she whispered. Son or no son, come back, for I love thee. Look, he too grieves. The child was crying because the man with the shiny knife was going away. Come back again, Masua repeated. By night or by day, this door is never shut to thee. Mowgli's throat worked as though the cords in it were being pulled, and his voice seemed to be dragged from it as he answered, I will surely come back. And now, he said, as he put by the head of the fawning wolf on the threshold, I have a little cry against thee, great brother. Why came you not all four when I called so long ago? So long ago? It was but last night. I, we... We're singing in the jungle the new songs, for this is the time of new talk, rememberest thou? Truly, truly. And as soon as the songs were sung, Great Brother went on earnestly, I followed thy trail. I ran from all the others and followed hot foot. But, O oh little brother, what hast thou done eating and sleeping with the man-pack? If he had come when I called, this had never been, said Mowgli, running much faster. And now what is to be, said Great Brother? Mowgli was going to answer when a girl in a white cloth came down some path that led from the outskirts of the village. Gray Brother dropped out of sight at once, and Mowgli backed noiselessly into a field of high-springing crops. He could almost have touched her with his hand when the warm green stalks closed before his face, and he disappeared like a ghost. The girl screamed, for she thought she had seen a spirit, and then she gave a deep sigh. Mowgli parted the stalks with his hands and watched her till she was out of sight. And now I do not know, he said, sighing in his turn. Why did ye not come when I called? We follow thee, we follow thee, great brother mumbled, looking at Mowgli's heel. We follow thee always, except in the time of the new talk. And would ye follow me to the man-pack? Mowgli whispered. Did I not follow thee on the night our old pack cast thee out? Who waked thee lying among the crops? I, but again. Have I not followed thee tonight? Ay, but again and again, and it may be again, Grey Brother. Grey Brother was silent. When he spoke, he growled to himself. The Black One spoke truth. And he said, Man goes to man at the last. Raksha, our mother, said, So also said Akela on the night of Red Dog, Mowgli muttered. So also says Ka, who is wiser than us all. What dost thou say, Grey Brother? They cast thee out once with bad talk. 
They cut thy mouth with stones. They sent Buldeo to slay thee. They would have thrown thee into the red flower. Thou, and not I, hast said they are evil and senseless. Thou, and not I, I follow my own people, didst let in the jungle upon them. Thou, and not I, didst make song against them more bitter even than our song against Red Dog. I ask thee what thou sayest. They were talking as they ran. Grey Brother cantered on while a while without replying, and then he said, between bound and bound, as it were, Man-cub, master of the jungle, son of Raksha, their brother to me, though I forget for a little while on the spring, thy trail is my trail, thy lair is my lair, thy kill is my kill, and thy death fight is my death fight. I speak for the three, but what wilt thou say to the jungle? That is well thought. Between the sight and the kill it is not good to wait. Go before and cry them all to the council rock, and I will tell them what is in my stomach. But they may not come. In the time of new talk they may forget me. Hast thou then forgotten nothing? snapped Grey Brother over his shoulder, as he laid himself down to gallop and Mowgli followed, thinking. At any other season the news would have called all the jungle together with bristling necks, but now they were busy hunting and fighting and killing and singing. From one to another Grey Brother ran, crying, The master of the jungle goes back to man. Come to the council rock. And the happy, eager people only answered, He will return in the summer heats. The rain will drive him to lair. Run and sing with us, Grey Brother. But the master of the jungle goes back to man, Grey Brother would repeat. He? Yoa? Is the time of new talk any less sweet for that? They would reply. So when Mowgli, heavy-hearted, came up through the well-remembered rocks to the place where he had been brought into the council, he found only the four, Baloo, who was nearly blind with age, and the heavy, cold-blooded Ka coiled around Kayla's empty seat. Thy trail ends here, then, manling, said Ka, as Mowgli threw himself down, his face in his hands. Cry thy cry. We be of one blood, thou and I, man and snake together. Why did I not die under red dog, the boy moaned. My strength is gone from me, and it is not any poison. By night and by day I hear a double step upon my trail. When I turn my head, it is as though one had hidden himself from me that instant. I go to look behind the trees, and he is not there. I call, and none cry again. But it is as though one listened and kept back the answer. I lie down, but I do not rest. I run the spring running, but I am not made still. I bathe, but I am not made cool. The kill sickens me, but I have no heart to fight except I kill. The red flower is in my body, my bones are water, and I know not what I know. What need of talk, said Baloo slowly, turning his head to where Mowgli lay. The Caleb by the river said it, that Mowgli should drive Mowgli back to the man-pack. I said it, but who listens now to Baloo? Bagheera, where is Bagheera this night? He knows also. It is the law. When we met at Cold Lairs, Manling, I knew it, said Ka, turning a little in his mighty coils. Man goes to man at the last, though the jungle does not cast him out. The four looked at one another, and at Mowgli, puzzled but obedient. The jungle does not cast me out, then? Mowgli stammered. Grey Brother and the three growled furiously, beginning, So long as we live, none shall dare! But Baloo checked them. I taught thee the law. It is for me to speak, he said, and, though I cannot now see the rocks before me, I see far. Little frog, take thine own trail. 
Make thy lair with thine own blood and pack and people. But when there is need of foot or tooth or eye, or word carried swiftly by night, remember, master of the jungle, the jungle is thine to call. The middle jungle is thine also, said Ka. I speak for no small people. Hi, my, my brothers, cried Mowgli, throwing up his arms with a sob. I know not what I know. I would not go, but I am drawn with both feet. How shall I leave these nights? Nay, look up, little brother, Baloo repeated. There is no shame in this hunting. When the honey is eaten, we leave the empty hive. Having cast the skin, said Ka, we may not creep into it afresh. It is the law. Listen, dearest of all to me, said Baloo. There is neither word nor will here to hold thee back. Look up. Who may question the master of the jungle? I saw thee playing among the white pebbles yonder when thou wast a little frog. And Bagheera, that bought thee for the price of a young bull newly killed, saw thee also. Of that looking over, we too only remain. For Raksha, thy lair mother, is dead with thy lair father. The old wolf pack is long since dead. Thou knowest whither Shere Khan went, and Caleb died among the doles, where, but for thy wisdom and strength, the second Sioni pack would also have died. There remains nothing but old bones. It is no longer the man-cub that asks leave of his pack, but the master of the jungle that changes his trail. Who shall question man in his ways? But Bagheera and the bull that bought me, said Mowgli, I would not... His words were cut short by a roar and a crash in the thicket below, and Bagheera, light, strong, and terrible as always, stood before him. Therefore, he said, stretching out a dripping right paw, I did not come. It was a long hunt, but he lies dead in the bushes now, a bull in his second year, the bull that frees thee, little brother. All debts are paid now. For the rest, my word is Baloo's word. He licked Mowgli's foot. Remember, Bagheera loved thee, he cried, and bounded away. At the foot of the hill he cried again, long and loud. Good hunting on a new trail, master of the jungle. Remember, Bagheera loved thee. Thou hast heard, said Baloo. There is no more. Go now. But first come to me, O wise little frog. Come to me. It is hard to cast the skin, said Ka, as Mowgli sobbed and sobbed, with his head on the blind bear's side and his arms round his neck, while Baloo tried feebly to lick his feet. The stars are thin, said Grey Brother, snuffing at the dawn wind. Where shall we lair today? From now on, we follow new trails. And this is the last of the Mowgli stories. End of section 25. Read by Matthew J. Almeida, MJA Designs Online dot com.